Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. In New Hampshire, we do not have what's called a ballot uh, measure, which a lot of states have where you can, uh, like California has this, Florida has it, you can collect a certain number of signatures, for instance, and then uh, it's usually, you know, in those states, it's usually hundreds of thousands or whatever. I don't, again, we don't even have it here in New Hampshire. Here, everything that gets on the ballot has to go through the state legislature. And so the idea that we came up with, we being uh, some of the hosts of the show, Ari and I were involved in this process. Bonnie, I believe, was on uh, some of the meetings as well with a couple of state representatives who were willing to kind of put their careers on the line, essentially, to put this idea forward. The idea of New Hampshire declaring independence peaceably, peaceable independence from the United States. That was what the proposal was uh, that became, and I don't even know if you call it a bill, if it's a constitutional amendment, but for for short terms, uh, a bill in front of the State House, CACR 32, a historic bill that for the first time, Maybe in all of the United States history, no one has yet called in to say that this has been done, even in the southern states, uh, even during the Civil War times. And even that uh, Democrat, or I think it was a Democrat today, said this has never been done. We've never had this discussion. No state has ever had this discussion. We gave five uh, goldbacks to each person that came to... The hearing that I think all three of us attended, the three-hour-long yep. hearing at the State House, this uh, amazing hearing where only one person from the public, uh, from the average people of New Hampshire, came out to speak against this. Otherwise, it was all people speaking in favor of independence. There was like so, 70 people in the room. So yeah, Arya stood there with a, a stack of fives, which is that was incredible. Like that, was such bold, that was so bold. Yeah, I mean, it's way better than a single gold back. That's, you know, a great, single yeah. gold back is great. Yep. But a five gold backs five times as as great, and so we handed it's like those twenty out. bucks. It's- exactly twenty bucks worth uh, of gold backs. So uh, we did that, and then we still had some more. I, we weren't able to give away all two thousand at that particular event. So I gave out some more singles at the Libertarian Party convention, and then subsequently the uh, what they call Porcupine Day, which is a Free State Project event. So it went it went to the activists. You know, it went to the people who which come out great. And, and do things. But we did what we promised we were going to do. We spent that $2,000 and gave it back to the people of, of New Hampshire. High five, Ian. Yeah, so that part got done. That was the easy part. Uh, the hard part, of course, is getting a bill, a brand new bill, one that not only has not been seen before in New Hampshire, but has never been seen before ostensibly in the entire United States. And if you know for sure that something like this happened in a southern state prior to the Civil War, I want to know about it. Obviously, there was some sort of political... Thing that happened there uh, to have those states declare independence. New Hampshire's state representatives voted today, three hundred, I believe, three hundred and twenty-three to thirteen, if I recall correctly, something like that. So uh, a pretty big knockdown of uh, New Hampshire exit the CACR thirty-two, this historic bill that uh, we've been promoting here on Free Talk Live. We were involved in the construction of the bill and helping figure out the wording. Uh, it was uh, state representatives Matt Santanastasso and Mike Silvia. Two of them are both, both of those two are free staters. They're people that, uh, that love liberty and that moved here, that migrated as part of the Free State Project. And uh, that's, again, something that we're, we're big fans of here on Free Talk Live. The speeches they gave today probably of nothing like that has ever been said in in those chambers like 
Matt Santanist also saying the federal government today worships the dollar and its export is inflation. Yeah, it was nailed it. It was pretty great. Of course, the other side had their speeches, too. I've got all of that audio here, but just kind of recapping what happened. So these guys basically, you know, it's hard for politicians to be anything but cowards. They are even the even the free staters, even the so-called liberty reps. And that's a shame because but that's just the way it is. And so many of them are so concerned for what other people are going to think. We don't have a long time between when they did this vote and when the election happens. It's 10 months away or uh, nine months. Less than that. Eight months. But it's just like, what, do they need 100 bucks that bad? Well, I mean, they're going to argue that they can do a lot of good in that position and this one issue just isn't that important to them. And and there's no doubt these are reps who have overall overall have voted for more freedom on on most issues. I'm not going to take that away from them, but it's just a shame to... Have them not even be willing to let the people vote. Because you you pointed this out, Bonnie. This isn't a vote on secession. This is a vote on whether or not the people should be allowed to have their say. And I do understand that a lot of people are dense and they won't get that. Right? A lot of the state reps, I don't think, understood that. Mm -hmm. So it's not hard to extrapolate from that that average folks might not just – they'll just see this. Oh, well, there's someone's a vote to secede. No, that's not what happened. The 13 people today – did not vote to secede. They may support secession, but they voted to say, you know what, I'm not the gatekeeper here, which, by the way, a couple of Democrats described themselves as gatekeepers today when I was trying to hand them flyers as they were walking in as to why they're anti-democratic on this, as to why they won't let the people vote. They literally use the term gatekeeper. Wow. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, there's no video of, of that particular interaction, but it, it absolutely happened. And... So, but the Republicans weren't any different. This, by the way, was the first day back for the full state house in the state house chamber where all 400 of them can can be seated since COVID. So this was kind of a big day for them. A lot of the Democrats were deathly afraid, supposedly, of coming back. And they actually required, in order for them to agree to come back, which I don't know why they even, I don't know why the Republicans even agreed to this. I wouldn't have. Uh, I, 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 it's crazy. But anyway, they installed plexiglass, not between every seat. They installed plexiglass between the Republican section and the Democrat Are section. You Which, me? by no. the way, it didn't even go all the way down because there's more Republicans than Democrats, so it only went like halfway down. So half right. of the, it didn't make any sense, and the it was four feet tall. Democrats, like the P, I say it all the time. If anybody follows my Facebook. State of, statism is an absolute disease. It's absolutely dangerous. No matter what kind it is, it's insanely dangerous. But the left, historically, are liars. That's, oh my God. How it's hard to see it, but you can see it down there. At the there isn't a, like, there isn't eight inches separating some of those people, and there's a plexiglass wall. That's no more right. than three feet tall. Like their heads are above it in some parts. And we all know that we all know that the masks don't do anything to stop transmission. So to table the bill is to say we're worried about what uh, the constituents might think if we if any of our people vote for this, and so we're going to try to protect them by motioning to table the bill. That way we don't actually have to vote on the bill. So the idea is they just put the bill on the quote-unquote table and they never do anything else with it and it dies at the end of the, the full To table session. something means to put it into the garbage can forever. 
Yeah, basically. So that's what they uh, they started by voting on this tabling request. House will come to order. The motion before us is the tabling motion on CACR 32. The chair recognizes Santo Notasto for a <laughs> parliamentary inquiry. His name is Matt Santonastasso, but you know, if you can you read it, you can these, say it. What do you expect from these oldsters? This guy's probably like 70. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, if I know that is a long-standing American value that government requires the consent of the governed, and if I know that no New Hampshire citizen alive today gave their consent to be governed by this federal government, and if I know this bill will give New Hampshire citizens the historic opportunity to affirm their consent, then, I, then would I press the red button so another motion can be made? We've been moving forward with this particular piece of legislation since basically September of last year. It's gotten very little media coverage. I mean, some letters to the editor have been written. The Keen Sentinel, to their credit, did write a couple front-page uh, news stories about it because one of the state reps who's involved is from around here. His name is Matt Santanastaso, and that's Matt who- Santo Stanotso. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as the chair of the uh, the committee or. And- Speaking of him putting his career on the line, I will seriously knock on doors for him again. I live close enough to Mm -hmm. this time. I have experience doing it. And this time I'll be able to shut down anybody's arguments if they say, oh, didn't he vote to do an insurrection? Then I'll be able to be like, no, actually what happened? You know. Yeah, that'll be interesting, too, because then you'll actually know if anyone even brings that up. Hmm. Oh, no, I'm not going to vote for him again because blah, blah, blah. NHX it. Right. We'll see. (laughs) Uh, so we got more here from the hearing today on uh, the bill that unfortunately did not even come close to passing because there's a bunch of cowards in politics and that's something that is going to be hard to change. But uh, regardless, whenever you put something forward for the first time, you can pretty much expect it's going to fail. Wh- whatever the issue is, you can pretty much count on it's not going to happen because these guys are a bunch of old people. I mean, they're probably 90 percent elderly in this room. They're just not with the, the you know the same issues that that we are. The motion before us is a tabling motion on CACR thirty two. This is a roll call vote. So what happens? If you're in favor, you'll press the green button. If you're opposed, you'll press the red button. Voting stations are open for thirty seconds. So what happens in this case with a roll call? Normally, votes are just all in favor. Hi. I'll impose, nay, and then, you know, the eyes have it or whatever. And I don't even know how they can possibly choose which one won. Most of the time, it just sounds exactly the same. It's crazy. Yeah, it's just political, right? So the people who are in charge, the guy in charge gets to decide, oh, yeah, yeah it sounded louder cool. to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even have, like, all his hearing But the, on this one, they, they actually use the buttons. Yes. So that's the difference. This is what they call a roll call vote where they are uh, going to be on the record. Because when it's all just I and nay, you don't know who said I and you don't know who said nay, you have no idea. Uh, There's no actual record of that. But now there's going to be a record of who is voting on this tabling thing. And and interestingly, it was the Democrats who demanded the roll call vote on this because they want to put the pressure on the Republicans and and potentially use this against them. In They wanted names. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I wanted the names, too. So (laughs) in this case, I'm on the side of the Democrats on this one because the Republicans just want this thing to go away. That's what he's trying to do by tabling this. It's like, okay, let's just vote to table and just move on. It either shows that they don't want the people to make any decisions and they want to make all the uh, people's decisions for them or that maybe some people will take it as they voted for secession. So they just want to not have to deal with it at all. Hey, Daily Digest listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy, so I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. 86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. So, there's an American astronaut um, in the orbit, and so they're part of a Russian satellite system, I think, and um, they're uh, planning to leave them behind. What? So, we have to... Yes, uh, I, guess, I guess that they had a um, space system from Russia, so he was a part of the group, but they, they're planning to leave him behind, I guess, because wow. they know that the U.S. supplied the Ukrainians with missiles, and um, so um, so that's their way of getting, like, payback. So I think we have to, they have to, we have to send a capsule to uh, bring him back down on our own, like a backup. Wow. So that's yeah, there is a, there's a headline about this uh, as of five hours ago, so I don't know if that's what's actually going to happen, but that is the, the threat, I guess, at this uh, at this time. If this ends up being the thing that makes the American people say, yeah, we're going to war, I'm going to be so annoyed. It seems like it could be. Time to call it the Space Force. Hmm. Yeah, but, but you know what? Did you see all those Russian um, the tanks that were going into... Kiev, um, they had a, the Ukrainians had enough artillery to blow up several of the Russian tanks. When more people move here, as you're referring to, Bonnie, with the, the realtors here, the freedom-loving realtors that are just overwhelmed with numbers of, of migrants, people coming in here from all across the United States, all around the world, libertarian, anarchist, voluntarist-minded people coming in here, every one of those people has a circle of influence. Every one of those people gets involved, hopefully, in whatever things they're interested in, right? Whether it's, uh, you know, playing baseball or a sewing uh, club or going to church or, you know, volunteering at the local food kitchen. Whatever it is that those people do when they get to New Hampshire to get involved in the community, those are people that are going to make friendships. Those are people that are going to be able to influence people. And already the people of New Hampshire are very independent-minded people. They already have this sort of granite state of mind, if you will, this this live free or die, leave me alone kind of mentality. And I don't know what the average person thinks, but Bonnie, you and I have been to some events and we've sp- uh, spoken to people who aren't libertarian. They're definitely more kind of right wing types because those happen to be the events we've we've attended recently. And we've done outreach for New Hampshire independence at these events. and that It's been very well received. If somebody uh, doesn't automatically say, oh, yeah, I 
I support independence when we talk to them about it at these events, and it's usually right wingers, like you said. Yeah. They just need to be. They need a little talking to, and they get convinced, and then they start being really open to it. So this is the statement made by one of the statists, one of the nationalists on the floor of the state house. He's a representative named Tim Smith. I'd never heard of him before, but it's true of most of these reps. There's 400 of them. I'm a direct descendant of Captain John Smith, who fought alongside George Washington. That guy. There's a picture. He's to establish the United States as an independent nation. I'm also a direct descendant of Sergeant Garrett Preston Smith, who fought in the U.S. Civil War to keep the United States one nation undivided. A lot of folks in this room have similar stories. From Matt's rolling his eyes already. It's just he's just getting started. <laughs> from their own families, have sim- similar lineages that they look back upon. And even if you don't, we have a communal heritage here in New Hampshire with a unique place in American history. It was. I just hated that term so much when he said that. I was just like yelling to Ollie, like, what does that even mean? I've never heard the term. We have a communal heritage. No, we don't. This guy sounds convinced of his own diatribe, though. Sure, of course he is. Why wouldn't he be? Either that, or he's a he's just a liar. They're true believers. And he's a great actor. No, these guys are true believers in the state. This is a church, and this is what they were raised to believe, and yeah. this is what they still believe. And Mike Sylvia and Matt Santanastasso and the other guys uh, that vote that uh, put this bill forward, and the heroic ladies. Uh, There's one lady that voted for it as well. The other guys that voted for it. These guys are the heretics in this church, and. They want to burn him at the stake. I'm sure. For my composure, Mr. Speaker, I am close to tears right now because this is such a deeply personal issue. You know, we have this legislation in front of us. It is a bill to destroy the United States. No, it no, is not. No, it's not. Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to scream in the in the. Oh yeah! In the meeting today, and they weren't letting us clap no, or anything. So. The, the rule is you cannot show emotion in the gallery, or they'll kick you out. Oh, Are you serious? Goodness. Yeah. He'll say it, not this guy, but the the Speaker of the House. But what are you going to say about breaking up the United States? It's so ridiculous to think that one state can't leave without destroying the United States. The, I mean, uh, New Hampshire could leave and the United States could go on. I'm a big fan. I listen a lot, as you guys may know. But I'm a devil's advocate here. So if you uh, secede from the United States government, what about your mail, your trash, your electricity, your water? And mankind is corrupt. Individual people are corrupt. So yes, that's well. Let's slow down. You've brought up like five or six things right there. Um, all right. Mankind is corrupt, which is exactly why we don't need them in positions of power. Yeah, if they're all serving their own in- interests, uh, chaotic order ensues, and it is a way better system than a few corrupt people controlling everyone else. Yeah. So the more power individuals have, the worse they tend to, to behave. And so getting out of the union would reduce the amount of power. Still, the state reps would still have power. Then they'd be, you know, national reps at that point. Um, and so that's a problem. But at least here we know where they live and there are 400 of them. So they're, it's a much more representative body than the U.S. federal government. Uh, but what you said, uh, what was it that you said uh, in the beginning there about trash, trash pickup? The federal government doesn't do yeah. that. Who's famous for trash running the trash back in the day? The mob. The U.S. Constitution does not prohibit the peaceful leaving of the Union. 
There's a list of things. I think it's Article 1, Section 10, if I recall correctly. There's a list of prohibitions of things states cannot do under the U.S. Constitution. Guess what's not in there? Leaving. That's right. It's not there. <laughs> Which means that under under the uh, the 10th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, that right is reserved to the states. And the state has that right. The state, the state has called out res- the reservation of that right through this right of revolt. And, you know, I'm always thinking because Brody Deshaies loves to say... That's a state rep who's pro-union. Uh, yeah, he always loves to say only the federal government has the power to redraw uh, lines. The boundaries, yeah. The boundaries. And I always think it's ridiculous because, I mean, we could still say we left and then they can redraw the boundaries. Yeah, you know, Brody, <laughs> I think that guy's full of it, too, because oh, yeah. when, when I heard him speak he's in January, tool. he's a tool, if there ever was a tool. Yeah. Mm. Like, I see that guy's looking for a job in the CIA, if I ever saw a guy mm-hmm. looking for a job in the CIA. But uh, what he said was that he consulted many constitutional scholars, right. both here in America and abroad. I'm like, why would you be consulting constitutional scholars <laughs> abroad? Well, Bonnie looked into one of the ones that he The mentioned. only one he named. Which and what did what? you learn? Uh, he wrote a book on the fact that he believes that the Second Amendment doesn't actually give citizens the right to bear arms. Mr. Speaker, the United States is not going to outlast the sun. One day it will end. If you declared in 1985 that the Soviet Union would be completely gone in the next decade, you would be considered a crazy person. Yeah, that's true. Uh, by the way, this is a, a speech by one of the sponsors. So Matt Santanastasso was one of the sponsors. The original sponsor, right? Uh, no, Mike Sylvia was the, the main sponsor, but Matt was definitely like the first state rep that really kind of took a, a serious interest in this. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to have somebody with more experience be the main sponsor because it's his first term. In the, he, he still doesn't even know all the rules, right? There's a bunch of stupid rules that these people follow in this bizarre state religion. Um, so it helps to have somebody that's been through the ringer on this and and so mike sylvia stepped up and took the lead on this and you'll hear from him a little bit later on but in 91 it was gone the american religion is the u.s dollar our biggest export inflation few understand the privilege we have had to create money from nothing and export our inflation living on the backs of the rest of the world Mm. when the world stops subsidizing the dollar the federal government loses its ability to dictate the state's behavior, unable to bribe them with worthless money, and quickly the union will fall apart. This national divorce is going to happen. It's inevitable, and we have an opportunity to get ahead of it. The historic motion CR... But unfortunately, politicians aren't very good at getting ahead of anything. We ask, has there ever been in history a union that was undissolvable? The federal government often supports independence movements in other nations. Is the U.S. the only perpetual nation in the history of the world? Is there truly nothing the federal government could do that would allow a state to declare independence? Yeah, that is an important question as well. For all these state reps who are in favor of continuing with the union, but at the same time may be able to identify the federal government going too far on many different issues. Because you you talk individually to a lot of these people. They know that the feds are bad news in a lot of ways. One one lady, her husband went to prison for five years. Her name's Susan DeLemus. Her husband was Jerry DeLemus. He was one of the guys that went down to the uh, uh, what was Bundy it Ranch. Bundy Ranch. Thank you for that. Yeah. He went to the Bundy Ranch, and he was one of the few that actually took a guilty plea. The rest of them went not guilty, and the jury's found him not guilty. But <laughs> he took a guilty plea, so he went to prison. And she was going to—she said— she she told Alu Axelman from the Foundation for New Hampshire Independence that she supports this bill. And that Good. she was going to vote 
for it to pass in the committee. And she didn't. And then she didn't. Then she said, oh, my bad. I was scared and I'm going to vote for it this time. And, and she once didn't. Once again, she didn't. Yeah. Some of these people are oh. just straight up liars. Yeah. Bonnie, we started just barely this story that you had to share with us last night about people's relationships. I think it was Foundation for Economic Education. Yes. Is that right? Uh, talking about people burning bridges over politics. Which, by the way, uh, the listener from Washington, they called in, should le- read the Foundation for Economic Education more often because he, even though I may be like 22 or whatever he said, uh, he doesn't know anything about economics. Yeah, I don't remember what he said about economics, but, uh, oh, just the whole, what well, if the government took over trash kind yeah. of thing? Gotcha. So what uh, is this story about? Let's recap for listeners just tuning in. The title is Relationship Counseling for Politics. How to fix relationships that have been broken by political disagreement. And it says if you want to rebuild a healthy and thriving relationship damaged by political discord, these tips can help get you there. I'm just going to say right now I'm skeptical uh, that it is a healthy relationship to be in a relationship with someone who wants you dead. Hmm. Generally good advice right there probably. Now they're not going to say that. That that's not what they believe in their mind, but when you get into these issues and you narrow them down to the point where it comes down to the the non-aggression principle, as it always does with with libertarians, which is the idea that it's not okay to use aggressive force to achieve your political or your social goals. And when it comes down to it, the status of the world, the Republicans, the Democrats, most of them, they believe it is okay. Good relationships are built on a bedrock of commonalities. It's hard to have a relationship with someone with whom you don't have anything in common. When you're discussing politics, talking about shared values rather than a specific policy position can help bring these commonalities to the fore and reestablish a joint connection with each other. For instance, let's say that your wife is in favor of subsidies for solar and wind energy. You oppose this policy because you think it's unfair to entrepreneurs who work in other energy sources like nuclear that wouldn't get the similar subsidies. Rather than arguing over President Biden's latest green energy bill, it might be more useful to highlight how your opposition stems from the value of fairness. Wow, this is like basically exactly what I was saying. You know, Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, your wife in this position is probably just saying, oh, I like the idea of not ruining um, renewable resources. You know, she was just played by Joe Biden sure. in his, and, and you know, you, you got to explain to her the principle of what's behind what she's voting for. Instead of if just, she cares. Yeah. <laughs> Your wife may disagree with you on this particular issue, but many liberal positions wanting to raise taxes on the 1%, for instance, are often also rooted in a desire for fairness. To be fair, this won't work in every issue. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.